Uh, so, it has been, if you haven't been around, if, if maybe you don't really know, pay attention to the news, but we've had a pretty interesting week around Cane Bay. Uh, you know, assaults, manhunts, you know, all the norm, right? Um, uh, it, it really has, it has been a f- uh, fearful, kind of tense week. Uh, we've had some, some hurt for some of the families in our community, for sure. Uh, we've, we've also had uh, given us opportunity to, to really minister and, and have some influence and a voice into our community that we wouldn't normally have. And uh, really excited. We actually had a, a, a prayer, uh, like kind of random prayer gathering uh, on Thursday night, which was fantastic. Like 80-something people came out to pray for our community. Uh, so, you know, God has purposes in all of the things that he does, which is pretty, pretty really, you know, really amazing stuff. And so we've, but we've had this kind of crisis moment in our community uh, where a lot of fear, a lot of anxiety, uh, a lot of people go into the ATP gun shop, uh, and um, so it's, there's, there's some fear going on, um, and there's a lot of questions, a lot of questions that surround in conversation, uh, specifically a lot of conversations that happen on social media uh, that I've been uh, very keenly interested in to see uh, what people think and what people do regarding uh, what, what happens when a community goes through a little bit of a crisis, and uh, a couple things have happened. People ask some really good questions, and one of the cool questions that they ask is this, what can we do? Because people feel a little bit helpless when this specific tragedy of an assault or whatever doesn't happen to them. I mean, their family isn't greatly affected by that, but they want to know, what can we do? Now, normally people don't, and, and people have asked me that, um, just in how, what is our church going to do in response to this kind of crisis? And they, they say, you know, what, what can we do? What can we do? And that's not a normal question that I get asked a lot. Uh, it, usually uh, my job is to kind of persuade, lead, uh, you know, ask people to do things, uh, tell people to do things, and, and kind of persuade people to come on this journey together. It's very rare that somebody actually comes up to me and says, Charlie, what can we do? Uh, and so I, I love that question because it, it opened up tons of opportunities this week for ministry. Uh, really, it kind of allowed my brain to fire and our staff to fire on what, you know, what can we do? What, what are the things people are opening up? The community is opening up for opportunity, and they're asking, what can we do? So I'm just going to pretend for a second that you guys are actually interested in the answer to that question. Uh, uh, and so here's what I want you to do, uh, just kind of like audience participation. I actually want you to ask me the question because that'll make me feel a little bit better. So here's what I want you to say. I want you to say, Charlie, uh, what can we do? You guys got it? Okay. All right. One, two, three. Charlie, I'm glad that you asked. Um, <laughs> Um, so before I answer that question, what's fun about it is what we've seen uh, that a lot of the systems and a lot of the things that we do as a church actually answer that question. And a lot of it is already put in place. And one of the fun things that I've seen in two specific examples that I absolutely love, one's kind of providential and uh, one was just active, and I really like this, is a lot of people, because of what happened on Wednesday, were uh, acutely aware of the protection that we have from our first responders, specifically uh, our uh, Berkeley County Sheriff's Office. And they made sure that the perpetrator was caught and all sorts of stuff, but they spent hours out here in Cane Bay making sure the schools were secure, and there's a lot of people at work. And so there's a lot of people on social media like, hey, how can we help our first responders? How can we serve them? How can we say thank you? And providentially, it's so funny that there's a whole missional community that actually planned to have a first responders breakfast on Saturday morning. So it was like, okay, how can we thank our first responders? Well, there's a missional community from the Church of Cane Bay that's putting on a breakfast. Would you like to be involved in that? It was so fantastic to see that happen. And that was a system that was already in place, already moving. So it was kind of like people were asking from our community, not even involved in our church, what can we do? Oh, we can help the first responders. And we were already ready and willing to go. And that was cool. That was cool to watch. 
There's also another cool thing. People are going farther and beyond that. They notice all of the unity and kind of brotherhood or the community kind of came around each other in a really neat way. And uh, so people were like, you know, I really like this atmosphere. You know, we're, we're united as a neighborhood, which is fun. And uh, how can we do this more? And what people were saying, well, we should serve more together. We should do more things together. And what I loved is one of our missional community leaders got on that same little post and said, oh, cool, we have these things called missional communities. And here they are and listed them all out. And here's when they meet. And here's how to join one. I mean, it was, it, the system was already there for people to join in on the question of what can we do? And that's fun. That's fantastic. So I really do want to answer that question. So whether you've been around the Church of Cane Bay for maybe a couple years, or maybe today is your first day, and you're kind of wondering, okay, what is this whole thing about? What exactly am I supposed to do? We're walking through this Wonder Year sermon where we, where we talk about who we are determines what we do. And so it's really important to discover what exactly does the Church of Cane Bay do? And so this is a little bit of a kind of, uh, this is a football sermon, if you don't know what I'm talking about. Uh, basically, this famous football coach, Vince Lombardi, had the Green Bay Packers, and they were awful at the time. And so during practice, they were, they were so bad during practice that he brought out his whole team of professional football players, and he holds up a football, and he says, gentlemen, this is a football. So, I mean, the most, like, basic Understand, he's like, here's your pads, here's your sidelines, this is the rules of football, professional football players. So a little bit of this sermon is, this is a football, okay? So some of you have heard some of these things before, so I want to make sure that we completely understand what we are supposed to do as a church. I don't mean to, like, simplify it too much, but there's a lot of folks here in the room that are kind of wondering, what is this church all about? I don't even know, this is my first day, and all that's good. Now I want to tell you this before I begin, too. If you're uh, not a believer... If you're trying to kind of figure out all this God stuff, all this stuff about Jesus, if you've never been to church before, I, I want to give you an out this morning and tell you that, uh, that I'm going to be speaking a good bit to believers this morning, people who have uh, decided that, that Jesus Christ is the Lord of their life, but I don't want you to disengage. I don't want you to unplug. I just kind of want you to sit and listen to what's going on and what I'm calling people to do, and that's, that's totally okay. still want you to lean in on this conversation, but for real, a lot of the things that I'm going to say, especially towards the end, uh, are going to be, they're going to be a little bit hard to hear, um, but I want you to engage in the conversation, okay? Um, so to answer the question, we want you, as a, uh, as a person who's engaged in this church, to be a disciple. We want you to be a disciple. Uh, some of you have those cards we've put on the seats, so they're on every other seat. We call those our disciple cards. We have those, uh, we have those all the time, year round. You can use that. You can keep that. We want you to put that in your Bible just so you can use it as a resource uh, for moving forward, maybe inside of a huddle or a Bible study that you might do so that it helps you kind of ask really good questions. But we want you to be a disciple. Now, what the heck does that mean? Imagine, uh, you know, that's a biblical word that we use. We don't use it any other way uh, except for in church. And so what if I was to come in one day and say, uh, hey, uh, this is what I want you to make. I want you guys to make disciples. And you're like, what's a disciple? I don't know. I just want you to make them, and I want you to make a lot of them, right? That doesn't make any sense unless we define exactly what that means. And so when we talk about what it is that we actually do, we want to make disciples. Okay, what is that? A disciple is someone who grows, who gives, and who goes. Grow, give, and go. 
It's very, very simple. Some of you guys have these little white armbands that look like this. We'd love to give you one for free after the service today. But they say, grow, give, and go on them. It's a very simple system of saying, this is exactly what we want you, uh, what we want you to do. Uh, so here it is. Here's the first thing. Very simple stuff. We want you to grow in the gospel. We want you to grow in the gospel. Well, what the heck does that mean? Good question. The gospel is this idea that God created all things, that we messed it up through sin, through things that, through evil that came into the world and mutated and marred the world, and that Jesus, the Son of God, loved us so much that he became a human being so that we might be able to have a relationship with him. Now, he uh, lived a perfect life, died in our place on the cross for our sins, spilling his blood covering over our sins so that we can then again have relationship with God. And so we have a hope and a future of eternity in heaven with God. That's the gospel at its very, very basic level. We, it's so much, it's, it's, it's simple like that, that you can kind of grasp it inside of one minute. And it's so big that it would take an entire lifetime to try to get your mind around it as well. And so we want you to grow in that. We want you to grow in your understanding of the gospel. This is something that I'm doing, the pastors of a church are doing, and everybody that is here saying, hey, I want to grow in the gospel. We want you to be involved in that. Okay, so what does that mean? We put three words underneath here, scripture, prayer, and accountability. When we're talking about growing in the gospel, we're talking about a relationship with Jesus. Now, I uh, was talking to somebody this week and saying, I, you know, hey, I'm a part of this church. I, I go to a missional community. I serve on Sunday morning. I'm even kind of part of a huddle. But I just don't really understand this whole idea of a relationship with Jesus. When you talk about a relationship with Jesus, that, I just can't grasp that completely. And so what we mean by that is these first two terms. We mean scripture and prayer. In a, any relationship that you have, a marriage relationship is highly dependent. In fact, the foundational, uh, the foundation of every single relationship that you have, friends, family, your spouse, your children, it's all about communication. It's all about communication. Every relationship, the foundation of it is communication. And so what we have with Scripture and prayer is Scripture is God's Word, the Bible, speaking to us. So when we read the Bible, we understand that God is speaking to us. It's living. It's active in our lives. So when we read that Word, He's actually speaking to us. And then we have this idea of prayer. Prayer is when we get to speak with God. We get to speak to and with God. So there's this two-way communication. God speaks to us through the Bible, and then we speak to God in prayer. Now, that's an oversimplification of what Scripture and prayer is. It's a whole lot deeper than that. Um, most, some of you guys are thinking, well, that's a whole lot deeper than that. That's, that's very true. But when we're talking about it at a very rudimentary, elementary level, we're talking about God speaking to us and us speaking to Him. And so this happens on a daily basis. So as we're growing in the gospel, this is the most tangible clear thing that we can do on a daily basis. We read our scripture, we have a time of prayer. Now, this, is, this comes along with some accountability. What does that mean? Accountability is when we love one another so much that we want to spur each other on towards godliness, 
towards asking each other intentional questions, meeting each other not for th- with like fluff surface conversation, but with conversations that are intentional, asking specific questions. Those cards that we just had in your seat, those disciple cards, they're filled with nine questions that you can ask each other at any given time and say, hey, I love you so much that I want to see you grow in your relationship with God. And so I'm asking you these questions and I want an honest answer. I don't want you to lie to me. I want you to answer honestly so that we can help each other grow. Pretty important stuff. And that's what accountability is. And the reason why we do accountability is because Jesus himself called us to this. He called us to love one another. In John 13, 34 through 35. Now, if you don't have a Bible, I want to give you a Bible. So if, if, you got a, if, you, if you don't have a Bible, we have Bibles on that back table. We'd love for you to have one. We want everybody to have their own text. Now, a lot of you read it on your phone or your iPad. All of that is good, too. I actually do everything on an iPad, so I'd encourage you to do that as well. You can have it on your phone. It goes with you everywhere you go. Now, for I, love, I would love for you to have the Word of God somewhere, somehow, but if you don't have any means, it'll be on the table out in the back and also be uh, on the board behind me. We'd love to have you read the Word of God with us. So John 13... 34 through 35 says this, a new commandment, this is Jesus speaking, I give to you that you love one another. Just as I have loved you, you also are to love one another. By this, all people will know that you are my, give me that word, disciples. We're not making this up, folks. If you have love for one another. So this idea of accountability with our fellow man is that we love one another so much that we're willing to help each other on our relationship with God, willing to keep each other accountable to, to reading the scripture on a daily basis, to praying on a daily basis, to walking with the Lord in that way. And so that's how uh, we want you to grow. Secondly, we want you to give. We want you to give like Jesus. We want you to give like Jesus. And that comes in three areas for us, our time, our talent, and our treasure. Now, if you were here last week, I apologize if you weren't here, but if you were here last week, Pastor David did a great job outlining what it means for us to be givers of our treasure. God calls us, God God tells us that he owns everything, that we own nothing, but that we steward what God has given to us. And what he calls us to do is keep 90% of what he has given to us and give away 10% to the mission and ministry of the local church. And so we follow that commandment and we teach that commandment. And so we ask unabashedly and unashamedly that you would give to the local church. Uh, so, we, so we have no bones about that. We're excited about that. And we want to make sure that you have the tools and resources that you need to make sure that you can steward your money well. That's the reason why we do Financial Peace University and classes like that to help you get your finances under control so that you can steward things well and be, uh, to be able to give as much as you possibly can. Um, so that's, that's, why we, that's the financial end of it. Most of the time when we're talking about, we think that when we say give, We simply mean money, but it actually is more than that. It's actually time and your talent as well. God has gifted you with specific, uh, with specific skills. Now, here's here's something fun. Uh, So we've been around for uh, three years. Actually, next week uh, will be our three-year birthday. Happy birthday. We're a toddler, okay? And uh, we're uh, three years old at this point, which is fun. Now, uh, four years ago, when uh, Joel and I sat down, we kind of outlined this whole idea of what our church was going to look like. It was all kind of theory. Like, we had no idea what we were doing, uh, but we were running hard. It was fantastic. It was all theory. No one was listening to us. They said, hey, I hope that works. Uh, And what's fun about it is a lot of it has worked. 
uh, and, and our missional community system is incredibly popular. You guys are a part of like kingdom life. There's other churches that are looking in on our church and you guys and saying, wow, God is doing something inside of the church of King Bay, and we want to learn about how you guys are doing it. So don't think that your missional community is just kind of humdrum, just like we're you know, going through these motions of serving people. Other churches that reach hundreds, if not thousands of other people are looking into the church of Cane Bay saying, how can we do what they do? And it's fun. It's really cool. In fact, actually, if you ask Pastor Joel, he, he, gets, he gets calls every single week, and I'm not exaggerating, every single week from other pastors literally all over the state and all over the country to ask, how are you doing that? And he coaches them. It's like a full-time job for him. It's, it's, it's pretty amazing stuff. Uh, so it's, it's really neat. He should get paid more. Um, but but you have incredible you have incredible influence into the kingdom of God just by being a part of giving like Jesus. And it's really neat to see how God is moving inside of that missional community system because other people are looking in. Now, <clears throat> unfortunately, I would love to say that that's across the board. But there are a couple of our systems that are not like that. And I would love for them to be that way. I would love for other people and other churches to look into specifically our Sunday morning kind of volunteer and serving system and say, hey, we should do it like them. But unfortunately, we don't really have that because it's not a strong system. We're actually struggling in a couple areas and are serving on Sunday morning with our, with our setup and teardown team and, and some of our kids' ministry. We're, we're really wanting to have more people engaged and more people involved and more people that are willing to serve um, in, a, in, a, in a bigger and more deeper way. And so what we've become is, unfortunately, and this is where I'm going to step on your toes a little bit, so just get ready. So we have this amazing missional community system that, I mean, over 100% of people are involved in missional communities. And then we have service teams on Sunday mornings that are, that are literally starving. They need people. They need folks who are willing to share the burden, who are willing to share the responsibility. And we have the same people serving over and over sacrificially without any reserves. And we need people to fill in spots, to be able to fill in the gaps and help us to make sure that our Sunday morning service, uh, serving teams work efficiently, efficiently, that we give people breaks that need them, that have been serving for a long time. And unfortunately, what, what has happened is we have this very strong missional community system and kind of a weaker Sunday morning service team. And so we've kind of become unbalanced in that way. And unfortunately, the scripture kind of speaks to that in 2 Corinthians 12. So if you've got a Bible, 2 Corinthians 12. And I'm going to read verse 14. It says this, For the body does not consist of one member, but of many. If the foot should say, Because I am not a hand, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. And if an ear should say, Because I am not an eye, I do not belong to the body, that would not make it any less a part of the body. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the sense of hearing? If the whole body were an ear, where would the sense of smell? But as it is, God arranged the members in the body, each one of them, as he chose. If all were a single member, meaning if all were just in missional communities, where would, where would the body be? 
As it is, there are many parts, yet one body. And so what we see here is, you know, what he's saying in the scripture passages, you, you can't just be heavy on one part of the body and light on another part of the body. We have to have a very well-balanced system for everything to really work well. And so what we have at the Church of King Bay is we have great arms. We have incredibly strong arms and incredibly strong legs. I mean, huge biceps, massive shoulders, like bodybuilder type deal because our missional communities are getting it done. And it's so fun to watch them at work. But what we have, we have strong arms and strong legs, but we got a bird chest and a beer belly. And, and because we're kind of weak at the core. And we need to work some of that out. We can't, I mean, that, that would look awkward and silly. And so we need, to, we need to find some balance there. And we need to give in a stronger and deeper way. Jesus says this, you don't have to turn here, but Jesus says this in Matthew 20, 28. He says this, Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve and give his life as a ransom for many. I'm going to read it again. I want you to focus in on these words. This is Jesus speaking. The Son of Man, he's speaking of himself. Even the Son of Man, meaning Jesus, came not to be served, but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. So here's the deal. I'm going to speak to two different people. Number one, if you have been here for maybe four or five weeks and you're, you're kind of liking the church at Cane Bay, you're kind of interested, you've been, you've been coming here for several weeks and you're kind of interested in what's going on here, you kind of like what you see, you're involved in the, uh, in the worship on Sunday morning, let me just encourage you. It's, it's time to just go ahead and jump in and start serving somewhere. You're not going anywhere else. So I need you to jump in and serve here at the Church of Cane Bay. You can serve on a team, serve with our kids who really need folks to take care of kids. Our church is 35% children from birth to fifth grade. That's off the chart killer, right? And so we really need folks to step in and disciple children. Uh, we need folks on our, on our teardown team and our setup team. We need people on our band, if you're talented in that way, in our tech crew. We need people across the board to fill in gaps so that we can become strong in this specific area. So if you've been here for four or five weeks and you're really liking the church at Cane Bay, it's time to come up to one of us and say, hey, what can I do? What can I do? I'm ready to serve. Now, if you already are serving, if you're already on a team, thank you. <laughs> thank you for serving. Uh, you guys are absolutely fantastic. Let me challenge you in this way to help us out and help out our leadership, okay? Um, God calls us as, um, as, as folks who are willing to serve. And this scripture verse says that, that Jesus was the, the son of man comes to, comes to serve and not be served, to give his life as a ransom for many. In, in, in kind of, um, uh, I guess, modern terms, Basically, he's saying is, my life is a blank check. And I want God the Father to write in whatever he would want for me. And so however God wants me to serve, I'm willing to do that. And so I'm not going to write in preconditions, preferences, and all of these different things to say, I'm willing to serve, but really I have all of these preconditions before I'm willing to serve. When God calls us through Jesus to give like Jesus, to say, hey, my life is a blank check. However you want, how, God, however you want to fill this thing in, I'm willing. 
even if it's not my preference and even if I have you know, things going on in my life, I want to make sure that my life is a blank check and I can be helpful and be, be used in, in needed areas. Okay? Because what happens is we have folks that have extreme preferences on how they want to serve and that's actually not helpful for us. I mean, because you, you can come up with all these preferences. Like, I want to serve four-year-olds, but I only want to do it on the fifth Sunday, but not during Christmas, the summer, or my birthday month. Like, I mean, it's just, I mean, it, it becomes very difficult for you to be a member of the team. And so just help us by saying, hey, I'm willing to serve, and I'm willing to serve however you think I'm needed. Um, so, but ultimately, I really want to let you know, if you're serving with us, thank you. This whole thing on Sunday morning wouldn't happen without you people coming here and being a part of this. And let me encourage you to do this. As an experiment, just to show you, and this leads right into go. So we have grow, we have give, and we have go. But this leads right into go. I think one of the things that you could do, just so that you can see this with new eyes, and Sunday mornings with new eyes, especially if you've been here for a while, um, I would hope that you would invite a friend to come. Invite a coworker, invite a neighbor, someone who would be willing to come with you to church, right? And here's what it does for you. It gives you a brand new perspective because you really want this family to see what you see. They, you really want to see them to see how you're connected, something that you love and something that you're engaged with. And here's what you want them to see because you're going to tell them this. You're going to say, hey, it's going to be really easy to make sure that you can get in because there's these big green flags. There's a big sign outside that says the Church of Cane Bay and there's white signs that point you in the right direction. Somebody set those up. Somebody gave of their time to set those things up, right? And then you're really wanting someone at the end of that sidewalk down there, you're wanting someone with a smiling face, a greeting tag, and a, and a warm handshake to say, hey, I'm glad that you're here because you want that family that you brought and you invited and you invested in to make sure that they have a welcoming and warm experience. You're wanting, when, when they bring their kids to a strange environment that they've never been to, you're really wanting that, that, kid's, that kid's volunteer, that kid's teacher to be excited with a smile on their face, prepared and ready with their kids at Cane Bay t-shirt on because they're leaving them with a stranger. You're wanting them to be there because, because you don't know how it's going to go and what your, what your friend is going to be thinking. You're going to want to make sure that the coffee is hot and everything is ready to go on the food table. You're going to want somebody greeting them as they walk in the door. You're going to want somebody during the three-minute greeting time that we do to walk up and introduce themselves and ask how their week was. You're going to desire that. You're going to want somebody to stand up on this stage and say, here's the Connect card. We really want you to fill out the Connect card. And even though you've heard that speech 100 times and we say the same exact thing every single week, you're going to desire for them to say that because your friend is hearing it for the first time and you're going to want to fill out your card right next to them and because you don't want them to be the only person filling out the card right you want that and you desire for them to have that experience because they're seeing it through new eyes and the only way that that happens is through a strong volunteer force that serves with a blank check mentality because even on the weeks where you don't have a friend coming with you, somebody else does. And somebody is hoping that you would be the warm face that greets their friend. Somebody's hoping that you would be the person with the Cane Bay or the kids at Cane Bay shirt on, ready and willing to accept their children. Somebody's hoping that you would be that person. And so my hope is, is that we would give like Jesus and go and invite and be a part of, of somebody else's discipleship. So how do we go? Uh, so the third and final thing. We go 
uh, with the gospel for Jesus. So you remember, the, the, we grow in the gospel, so we understand the gospel, and then we give like Jesus, and so we go with the gospel for Jesus. Jesus gave us this command to, to, to make disciples and give people the gospel. We do this on three levels, personally, locally, and globally. Personally, we believe that this church is responsible for every man, woman, and child within a 10-mile radius of this church to hear and see and respond to the gospel. That's what we're in charge of. That's what we're responsible for. This is done at a very personal level. And so you, as a, as a disciple, as a believer, you are in charge of, yours, of your block. Everybody that is a neighbor of yours, that's your responsibility. That every single man, woman, and child on your block would hear and see and respond to the gospel because you have given it to them. Your coworkers, your family, they are all part of your responsibility. There's nobody else's responsibility except for yours. And that's how we do it at a personal level. So we have a 10-mile radius as a church. You have a one-block radius or a four-cubicle radius or wherever you work. Uh, You have a radius around your personal domain to make sure that everybody hears, sees, and has multiple opportunities to respond to the gospel because of you. Now, we also do this at a local level, and how we do that is our fantastic structure of missional communities. And these are, these are groups that meet on a weekly basis. They have a specific mission. They're so fantastic. Over 100% of our church is involved in a missional community, and we want you to get in one. If you're not in one, get in one today. It's going to be awesome for you and your family. Uh, we really, really want to see you in one. Now, I, I had a conversation <laughs> with somebody uh, recently at one of our events, and uh, they had come to our church for a couple weeks. This was several months ago, and then they decided to go to another church. And, uh, and I said, hey, how's it going? And we got into a conversation about where they were going to church, and they were really honest with me, and they said, um, well, when we were coming to the church at Cane Bay, we just felt this immense pressure to get involved in a missional community. And I said, check. I said, man, I'll chalk that one up as a win. Like, I mean, we do. We want you to get in one. We desire for you to be a part of mission. We desire for you to be a part of a, of, of a community. And so that's how we do things at a very local level, you know, serving that 10-mile radius around our community. And then we do this globally. We do this globally. And how we do that is we have a relationship in uh, Gonaive, Haiti. Uh, I get to go there next month to be able to teach pastors along with some folks from Journey Church. And we're going there to, to, um, uh, to teach pastors about how to reach every man, woman, and child within a certain radius of their, of, of, of their community so that everyone have a chance to hear, see, and respond to the gospel. We don't make it up. We just say it in Creole. Somebody does at least. And so... Um, and so we just have this opportunity to teach and be involved in Haiti. We're going to have another trip in the spring. People were asking about that. We'll be making an announcement about that pretty soon so you can get up and go to Haiti in the spring. We'd love for you to go and be involved in something internationally. Uh, we also uh, have uh, partnerships with churches. You'll, you'll notice I'm repping my Hive Church shirt today. Today's their one-year birthday. About a year and a half ago, we had A.J. Rankin and his crew and his band come and lead worship at our church. They did a fantastic job. They've been going in North Charleston uh, for, over, for a year now. Today is their one-year birthday, and so excited for them. So excited they gave me this T-shirt because it's awesome. Uh, and so we're, we're, we're just thankful for them. We have another opportunity in two weeks to hear from B.J. Bethune, Pastor B.J. Bethune. He's going to be planting a church in, in the Knightsville area in January, and our church is going to get behind him financially. We're going to send him troops to help out. There was folks that helped us out uh, three years ago when we got started, and we want to do the same thing for him and his church and his core team so that they can reach a different area of our city. So in two weeks, he's going to be, be here to make sure that uh, 
you hear about his vision and that we as a church can get behind him. That's how we're getting involved globally. Now, on an even bigger scale, uh, we are um, next week, I'm going to have my friend Dustin Willis. You don't know Dustin, but he works for the North American Mission Board, which is a church planting agency that, ch- that plants churches all over the United States and all over Canada. And so he's a part of that team. He's a fantastic speaker, planted a church in Columbia, South Carolina, uh, was involved with it for a long time until he got ba- uh, to, to a more of a broader uh, church planting scale all across the country. He's going to come share that vision so that our church can get involved in that as well. So we are growing as a church, personally, locally, globally, and I want you guys to get engaged in this. Now, here's the part where I'm really going to step on you, and you're probably going to send me an email and get mad at me, okay? But here's the deal. We really want you to grow, give, and go. Throw that up for me. Now, we really want you to grow, give, and go. That's, That's our process. So if you're asking me, what can we do? What can we do? Or what can I do? These are the things I want you to engage with. I want you to engage with these three things. And if you look at any of those things, now here's what I'm, I'm talking to believers now, okay? I'm talking to believers. If you are not a Jesus follower, listen, I love you. I want you to be here. I want you to engage at whatever level you want to, and we're going to seek this Jesus thing out together. But if you're a believer and you've been here for, let's say, six months, okay? If you're a believer and you've been here for six months and you're looking at grow up there and you're like, eh. No, uh, and you're looking at give. Ah, uh, no, no, Mm-mm. that's not. I'm, I'm. There's parts of that I'm not really cool with. You're looking at go, and you're like, you know what? I, I'm glad that you're passionate about it, but it's not my thing. So if you're looking at grow, and you're like, eh, give, eh, go. Mm, I'm gonna be really honest with you. We can't afford you. We're gonna share heaven together. I get that. I, I love you. <laughs> uh, we're gonna, we might live right next to each other for all of eternity. But for right now, if you're a believer and you've been here six months and you say to any of those things, you know what? No. Then I'm going to say, we can't afford you. And here's why. Because God has gifted us with a vision for this community. We are, we are, we've got the throttle down as far as we possibly got it. We want to go. We want to move. We want to reach people for Jesus. And if you're not in for that, then you are dead weight. And so there are plenty of churches around here that would love you and your family. And, and a little bit of reverse psychology. I want you to stay, okay? <laughs> I want you to stay and I want you to engage. So I want you, after today's service, I want you to ask me, Charlie, what can I do? How can I serve? How can I engage in this process? How can I dive deeper into my relationship with Jesus? Ask your missional community leader, how can I grow in my relationship with Jesus? This whole scripture thing, I need you to to walk with me. I need you to teach me how to pray on a deeper level. They would love to hear that from you, and they would love to sit down with you and talk with you about more of a deeper personal relationship with Jesus. There's all sorts of questions that you can ask but I really want you to engage as a disciple, growing, giving, and going. Let's pray together. God, we love you. Grateful for how you are working in our community. Grateful for how you have given us a vision for every man, woman, and child. And now I I ask that um, hard words, uh, like the sun would melt hearts and not harden hearts. I pray that that we would not see 
some of these things that I've said this morning as an opportunity to gripe, but an opportunity to grow. That we would be convicted and that we would want to walk with you at a deeper, more mature level and that wherever anybody is in their relationship with Jesus, God, that you would just want to move them to the next step, taking that next step. Father, that our church would not be lopsided, would not be awkward, but, and not be weak in certain areas, but that we would be strong in all areas, in our core, in our arms, in our legs, in our head. Every bit of our body here at the Church of Cane Bay would be strong and it would be a moving system. God, we have big plans and big visions because you have gifted us with your spirit and you're moving us forward. And so God, I just simply ask that you would move people to say, what can we do? Jesus, we love you and we worship you now as we respond. In your name we pray, amen. All right, guys, we're gonna stand We're going to continue to worship through song, and we'll see you in the next couple minutes.